welcome to the Upward Momentum Podcast, connecting people, purpose, and business. I'm your host, Matt Nelson. Welcome to episode two, where we continue our journey of unemployment. Today, I'm joined with Brendan Lal. Welcome, Brendan, and thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me on your podcast. No worries. So, Brendan, why don't you tell us a little bit about, about yourself? I'm Brandon. I am 23 years old. I am a network system administrator. I recently graduated from CDI College about almost three years ago, and I'm struggling to land in an IT role, or more or less a help desk role in the IT world, in the IT field. Uh, fortunately, what's laying me back is my lack of experience. I don't have experience, and employers are looking for that. And, um, and Brendan, you've got a bit of a story here for us. Why don't you uh, go ahead and tell us your story? Yeah, um, after I graduated from college about almost three years ago, I was an addict. I fell under um, drugs and alcohol. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I had to deal with that for almost two years. And uh, I actually I put a little bit of a blog post uh, a couple days ago regarding on how I um, overcame that. And it was a tough journey. I I didn't know who I was because I was using substance abuse to find out who I really was. And there's a lot to the story that I don't want to really go too deep into, but yeah. So obviously you found it challenging when you say that, you know, trying to find yourself is sort of a common thing people your age? I think it's not just people my age. I think it's just in general with a lot mm. of people with... Um, just there's a lot of people that just struggle to find who they are they could be people that are really educated people that they go their whole entire life not knowing who they really are and then there's you know people like me who could be fresh out of college and just trying to get their start but for me i i think above and beyond i think way further down the road so i think that was what i was really struggling with is identity I really struggle with identity crisis a lot. So with Higher Landing, it really has helped me find who I was and what identity should I be in and all that. Okay, why don't you tell us more about this Higher Landing program? So with Higher Landing, uh, after my role at Shaw ended, I took it upon myself to, well, I was kind of playing the job lottery, is what Jackie likes to say. Mm -hmm. And... After a little while, I went into the government website and I stumbled upon Higher Landing. And I was like, okay, what is this? So I check it out and it says something like, hey, learn how to market yourself like a pro. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. Maybe I'll just check it out. And then Becca called me one day and we just talked. And I came for an information session and then I just kept coming back and more, just kept coming back. And eventually I found that this program was really helping me. It's helped me a lot. And I met great people through this program that mentored me and coached me and you know they've they've really molded me into a fine young man okay and um so what about it did you find that that changed you i think it was um how people perceived who i was like Mm -hmm. for all my life like you know people would look at me that oh you know you're a drunk you're an alcoholic you know you're an idiot you're this you're that and then when I came here, it was the complete opposite. It was that, hey, you know, you're actually able to do this. You have potential. You're actually a smart kid. You know, you can do this. You can do that. Uh, like, you're really, really smart. And then I didn't believe in myself. And then, like, people kept saying that. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should believe it because they're saying it. So why not? And that's what really that's what really changed me. Okay. 
Do you think that's maybe a common misconception people have about, you know, they they look at somebody and they, they don't really see them for who they are? Or? I say that, yeah, I think that is because not everybody, it's kind of hard to say because everybody has their own story mm-hmm. and I feel like with that, you it takes some time to really get to know a person. Like for me, like I, it took me a while to open up to my cohort about my story and from there on like you know people started looking at me differently and started mm-hmm. perceiving me in a different way and i'm like okay you know maybe me opening up was a great idea so why did you hold back i guess initially what made you kind of i think it was just that again like you know when i was going through my addiction and stuff mm-hmm. like people would view me as like an alcoholic and this and that and just view me as a bad person so i was like even though i was clean I just assumed that, you know, people would just still view me as that, you know, addict and a bad person. So I was just scared to really open up. Let's just say, you know, go back and if you maybe if you had an opportunity uh, to do it all over again, what advice would you maybe give yourself? Uh, for higher landing or? Just life in general, like to this point, oh. if you could go back and, and make changes. There would be a lot of changes I would like to make. Yeah. Uh, biggest one would be that to really take sports seriously and just try to train harder mm-hmm. because I did have a lot of potential in sports and try different sports out don't just stick with one sport so <clears throat> that was another thing and um, take my education seriously okay because I screwed around a lot when I was a, when I was in high school. I was uh, the kid would always skip class and just come to class late or just skip school and go hang out with his friends at the mall, you know. So if I were to go back and tell myself, like, hey, just take school seriously, take your sports seriously, maybe look into other, playing other sports, you know, you can articulate your value to a different sport. Maybe you might play better in that sport than what you do right now. Mm-hmm. So, and then the other thing is obviously we, when we're teenagers, we always have our like high school crush and all that. So I would probably tell myself to go and talk to my high school crush to try okay. to, you know, go and pursue that. But other than that, nah, I don't really see anything. Okay. I, so you talked a lot about sports. So sports, technology, two very different things. So, yeah. so why, why tech? Why not, why not pursue your, your sports? Seems like a dream. Well, sports kind of died down um, after I tore my ACL. Mm. So when I tore my ACL, a lot of aspiration and inspiration and all that really came to an end when I tore my ACL. And just my love for technology pretty much grew when I kind of finished high school. So I may have mentioned it in my pitch when I was at my Grizzly Den that I got into technology again by watching anime. Mm. And it was a 90s anime called Ghost in the Shell, which rekindled my love for technology, which I actually did grow up well around technology because my dad was an electrician, so he would always be playing with um, the circuit boards, and mm-hmm. he would take me to his work, and he would show me all the panels that he'd make and all that kind of stuff. So I guess technology was just in me. And it may have just been been, um, inspired by my dad. This Grizzly Den thing, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that maybe and your experience with that? Grizzly Den, uh, it's kind of like that show Dragon's Den or Shark Mm. Tank where you would see people go and they would try to promote their 
their brand like you know they could go promote their shampoo line their hair gel their um tool that they're making and they try to get their the grizzlies or the shark den or the shark tank sorry to buy into that and to invest into that product it's similar to the grizzly den but instead you're selling yourself to the grizzlies and you're telling your story and you try to get them to give you feedback and see where they can help you and it's it's a really great experience i at first when i first walked into the grizzly den it was kind of nerve-wracking because there were so many people looking at me and i was like oh my god what am i gonna do and then after all then like when i stood up there in front of everybody i was like okay i've been doing stuff like this since i was working at safeway i've been mm-hmm. talking to random people and i've been talking over the intercom and you know this is nothing this is nothing new for me so it just pretty much came naturally okay so i was able to sell myself through that and i got great feedback from all the grizzlies awesome and how do you think this has sort of changed changed you as a person or made an impact on your life I, it really helped me build connections because mm-hmm. growing up i built connections through playing soccer mm-hmm. and i would connect with other soccer players so with this, it really helped me build connections with people that are close to my industry and which I've been struggling with for a very long time. So that's what really helped me a lot. And I owe it to the Grizzlies because they've pointed me to some of the great some people that I've been in contact with and that I've actually had some meetings with. Nice. So I want to dig into that connection piece a little bit for a moment here. So, you you know, you talk about creating connections and stuff. So obviously unemployment is, is not great right now. And you've, you found some, some personal success. What piece of advice would you maybe give somebody, uh, you know, sharing that connection idea for somebody who's not working right now? Um, I feel like you should do what you love and doing what you love and doing what you and more, I should say, more or less, like, you know, doing things just because you have to do it. It's, they're two different things. And for somebody that's not working, which, for instance, I could use that for my example, it's, at first, I wanted to just, you know, get a job and just, just making, just make lots of money. Like, I didn't care about, you know, what I can bring to the company. I didn't care about anything else. I just mm-hmm. want money. That's all. And my and what I wanted to do was, you know, I wanted to just you know work out and do all that. But now with higher landing, I have realized that I actually have a really good value, and it really changed my perception that I can actually do lots for a company, and that you know I don't just want an IT job. Like I want to make this my career. Like I want to help other people with technology. And I want to educate people on technology and want to further that passion. Okay. And now you, you talk a lot about, you know, you, you said educating other people, connecting people. So obviously technology, you like it, the, the, the show. But where's this drive for, for connecting and helping others? Where do you think that comes from? That came from when I was a young boy, a little kid, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad used to always take me around to the Fijian community and... Um, he would always just help out everybody and by doing that he would create connections and bonds with other people and he would take me with him to you know it could be pushing a broom in a banquet hall from a at the end of a wedding reception night or it could be at the temple and you know just 
making food and me giving out food to the people after the prayers or and my dad also used to do sound system technologies and he used to just set up mics for um prayers and stuff like that and so he would take me with him and he and i kind of just job shadow behind him so mm-hmm. i learn while i'm doing it right so that came from at a very very young age from connecting with people and trying to help people out okay so kind of along those lines who would you say is the first person that comes to mind when you hear the word successful um johnny kim johnny kim and why because he was a U.S. he was a U.S. Navy SEAL, okay. and then after becoming a U.S. Navy SEAL, he became a doctor, and then after he became a doctor, he became a astronaut, and he's like thirty-five wow. years old. Yeah, that's 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 what I think of when I think of success. Would you say that he's kind of inspirational to you as well? And yeah, he huh? is. Yeah, I mean. The reason why is because it's not because I'm trying to become a doctor or an astronaut. It's more or less that the guy is um, he's he switched career paths, mm-hmm. but when he switched career paths, he he was successful at it. And the thing is, is that when he switched career paths, he didn't look back. Mm. And a lot of people, I, I like to use um, the fight world. Like, for example, is Floyd Mayweather. He retired like four years ago, and he came back just to fight Conor McGregor. Wow! Like. When you say that you're retired, like that's it. Like you should close the chapter on your that that journey and move on. But a lot of people, it's hard for them, so they come back. Mm-hmm. So with Johnny Kim, he didn't do that. Like when he left the Navy SEALs, he didn't come back. He didn't go back to the Navy. He he decided to pursue the medical career, and then after the medical career, he decided to go into you know space science. So that's what that's what um, success looks to me. Okay. And, uh, you know, on that same kind of line of successful, what would make you successful? I mean, obviously, elephant in the room, getting a job would be one. Yeah. Um, but sort of beyond that, what, what else do you think would make you successful? Uh, there's a lot of things I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest one would be, obviously, be in the help desk role and then grow into a network system administration role. And then outside of that, I want to start streaming on Twitch, just okay. like my favorite Twitch streamers. I, yeah. I always watch while I'm playing my video games because I'm a pretty entertaining person. I'm pretty funny. I, I'm actually really good at video games. So I think my personality would really do well on Twitch. Okay. And I would also just like to have my own clothing line as well. And oh, cool. Maybe even start my own esports team as well. So be able to compete against other esports teams like you know, Call of Duty or okay. um, Fortnite or League wow. of Legends. So maybe later down the road, I would like to do something like that. But all that requires a lot of money. So yeah, yeah so that's, that's like a 10-year goal, 10, 15-year goal from now. Okay. So it sounds like, you know, you've got a lot of goals and stuff, and that's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Now, you're kind of what we would consider a bit of that millennial, that upper-coming generation. What do you think are some of the common biases with that generation? I think it's how we're perceived. Mm-hmm. The biggest one is how we're perceived because it's how, um, I think it's just how technology is advancing. And because technology is advancing, people like to put that, label it on us. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, like, Oh, you grew up with the you you like you grew up with the iPhone ten and like we didn't even get to have the iPhone ten. We didn't even have an iPhone. We had a Nokia, <laughs> you know, or we didn't even have a cell phone. 
So there is also there's a huge difference. It's just that, and there's also music too. So obviously, if you grew up in the early two thousands or in the nineties, music was totally different then compared to music now, where you hear a bunch of mumble rap and a bunch of other kind of weird music, mm-hmm. and a lot of that is associated with this generation. And I bet you, not everybody from this generation listens to that music. So it's kind of hard for a lot of um, younger generations who to at least mount anything. Well, mm-hmm. that's not mount. I shouldn't say that. I mean, more, I mean, just, just really make it. Okay. And do you, do you think maybe that affected your, your issues with substance abuse at all? Like, maybe, yeah, yeah, it okay. did. It really did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think it was just that, because a lot of people like to assume that this generation is like, oh, we all, we know everything. You, you know, you guys aren't anything. And then, mm-hmm. You know, you should just listen to your elders and mm. blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And that really did take a toll. It's like, oh, so I'm just pretty much nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I am. I'm mm-hmm. nothing. Okay, cool. And that's pretty hard because from somebody that, you know, I tore my ACL. When I tore my ACL, all my hopes and dreams of playing soccer was just gone. Yep. So from recovering from something like that and then having people just do that to me that that's not cool that's For not sure. cool when it so with, with that in mind um maybe we'll kind of play this in a bit of a two-part so if you could change anything about like the business world or maybe provide any sort of advice um to organizations you know for going forward to the future what maybe would would that be what, what, what would that change look like oh i watch a lot of business stuff um mm. <laughs> More or less the entertainment-wise, I watched a show called Bar Rescue. Okay. It's kind of like Kitchen Nightmares, but um, yeah. there's this guy named John Taffer. He always goes to, well, people submit an application to get their bar rescued. So John Taffer would go, and he's more of like a meaner version of Gordon Ramsay. Mm-hmm. He's he's really, he's, in, he's a tough New Yorker. Okay. So uh, when I see him, like, he brings in that swagger that attitude that like you know this is how it should be done this is what you need to be doing to make money and then i was before i came here i was watching him um do this uh he's he was fixing this bar down in um, new orleans Mm -hmm. and in new orleans they had uh they have this street called bourbon street i think that's what it's called Mm -hmm. so there was this bar that was struggling to make money in bourbon street and what he did was first of all he renovated the bar he retrained the staff and he put out a new kitchen menu. And on top of that, he added a shot chair. So there's a barber chair. So people would line up, get into the shot chair. They'd spin people around. And mm. they'd pour drinks in their mouth. And <laughs> and then people would pay money for that. Okay. And then uh, the bar owner of that um, bar down in Bourbon Street was saying that they did about a million dollars in sales. And quarter of that revenue came from the uh, shot chair wow so what i'm saying is that if you have a good mentor or just have somebody who's been in the game for a little bit and i'm talking a little bit in my slang but if you have somebody who's been around yeah in that industry for a little bit and you have a really strong mentor somebody who's not going to really just baby you somebody who's really tough like a tough new yorker mm-hmm. and just come in and just tell you that you know this is bad this is bad you know, you're an idiot. Stop doing that. 
do this, do that, do that. This will make you money. I guarantee you, if you do this, you add this to your menu, this will, this will sell like hotcakes. And I think that most companies need to have a strong mentor mm. or more or less, they just need to have somebody in in them in there just to really just really tough things out for them just because okay. i feel like a lot of i feel like nowadays a lot of people are very soft no offense but yeah. it is it is true fair enough yeah it is very yeah. true and and people don't like being talked down upon and people don't like you know being talked in a different way so i feel like if people develop thick skin their their companies will succeed mm-hmm now do you on the note of that sort of mentorship do you see yourself assuming that kind of role at some point maybe in the in the future in your career do you, it seems to be something very important to you uh do you think that's something you could do yeah maybe later down the road okay maybe 15 20 years down the road i would yeah. like to do something like that um not right now obviously because i'm just brand new to my career and i'm trying mm. to get my start somewhere yeah absolutely but yeah later down the road Okay. I would love to be a mentor to somebody. Mm-hmm. Either it could be in fitness, it could be, you know, starting your own business, or it could be with Twitch, or mm-hmm. it could be with IT. Anything. I would like to be a mentor to somebody. Right. So with that, with that in mind, like let's let's kind of say we go a bit in the future here, and you know, <coughs> things things are obviously they're going to work out. I'm very much a believer in that. Mm-hmm. Keep a positive outlook. That's sort of my piece of advice here. But, um, you know, thinking of yourself as a mentor, what piece of advice would you give anyone who is currently out of work? Don't play the job lottery. Mm. That's the biggest one. Don't ever play the job lottery because when I play the job lottery, you just throw your resume everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you don't even care about the company. You just want a job. Mm-hmm. And if you're that desperate for a job, then you can just, what Jackie likes to say, you can just go to Starbucks. They're always open. There was always hiring or something yeah. like that. You go to McDonald's, they're always hiring. Like, know the difference between wanting a career and wanting a job. And that's, get that through your head. Because playing the job letter you're on Indeed does not help. Mm-hmm. Because you have to understand what, you have to have your standards and understand what you can bring to a company. Because sometimes, you know, just having a job, great. You can have a job, but you can have, be working with the most terrible people, right? So, mm-hmm. The biggest thing I could recommend is just don't play the job lottery. Okay. Want to tell us a little bit more about when you say the job lottery uh, for anybody who may not understand that. So it's just throwing a resume to different postings on Indeed. Like, for mm-hmm. instance, uh, when I was applying for roles in IT, I would just throw my resume at a senior level role, mm-hmm. like a senior network system administration role. Or I would just throw my resume at, like, an office administration role. I would just throw my resume everywhere. And I was like, you know, I just want a job. Mm-hmm. I just want to make money. I don't care. That's what the job lottery is all about. Okay. So if you could find sort of that perfect, what does that perfect job mean to you? Where is it you would want to work? I would like to work in a company where they would um, really appreciate my value. Mm-hmm. I know preferably like I would like to be working in technology yep. and software, but you know, I'm really open to helping other people and making sure that they are doing what they're supposed to be doing and also people that appreciate my value and also appreciate me. The biggest thing is that I don't I don't really care about if 
well, I do care about they do appreciate my value, but the other big thing is I really care about is they, they appreciate me and they just like accept me for accept me for who I am. Mm-hmm. Because later down the road, I do plan on getting a lot of tattoos. Okay. So I do plan on getting lots of sleeve, like, like two sleeves. Mm-hmm. So I do. I know that tattoos are kind of like biased within like the office office job industry or I don't know what you would call that. Yeah. So there could be some people that are very old school mm-hmm. and be like, oh, this guy has tattoos. I don't I don't want to talk to him. He's, he must be some kind of gangster or something yeah. like that. So, you know, I don't want to be in an environment where I'm looked down upon because I have tattoos. Okay. So that's another thing. So interesting point there, you know, you talk about misconceptions of people and, and we all, we often hear, you know, perception is reality and that sort of thing. So uh, I want to kind of shift a little bit here and what do you think are some, maybe some common misconceptions of people who've been laid off or who are currently out of work? Um, I think it's, well, I can use my brother for an example. My brother, he's a heavy duty mechanic. He's actually way younger than me. Mm-hmm. He's an apprentice. So when he gets laid off, my dad always 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 assumes that he's done something bad at work. Mm-hmm. With him, it was he always would tell me that oh you know I didn't really do anything. They they would tell me like a month prior that hey the company's shutting down, and you know they might be letting me go near the end of the month, and I'm like all right yeah that's cool you know the economy's not that great and you know people aren't bringing in trucks to get service so that's that's okay there's gonna be more stuff later down the road and maybe you might want to pivot later mm-hmm. down the road and then i'm pretty understanding about that my dad yeah my brother and my dad kind of have a weird relationship so my dad would always assume that my brother did something bad like he may have screwed up on on a service call or he may have just screwed up on somebody's truck so it's kind of hard to say okay fair enough so on that note, a little bit more, you know, what, what, a little more positive, sorry, what piece of advice would you give somebody who is currently out of work? Maybe something you found success in, something that's helped you, what would you share with them? Try to keep yourself occupied. Just pretty much, just, just keeping my mind off stuff. So for me, I've been thinking about going back and playing soccer again, or um, maybe taking up soccer coaching, or maybe um, doing my personal training course and maybe personal train some people so for me i'm just trying to keep my mind off of it but i am still applying but i'm just not that stressed out about it so that's the that's the best advice i can give to somebody just keep yourself occupied well thank you brennan and and one last question we'd like to wrap up with here on upward momentum is what is one thing that is inspires you something maybe in life it could be a book uh, anything what's what inspires you I think it's anime characters that really inspire me. Mm-hmm. I know they're like not real, but um, they do inspire me. A lot of them, it's because they have that like never give up attitude. Mm-hmm. And because of that, and it's like they just carry it on. They, no matter how much they get beat up, they keep getting up and they keep moving. And that, that really inspires me. Awesome. Well, Brendan, thank you so much for joining me today. It was really a pleasure chatting to you. Getting to know you and, and, you know, having known your personal story, I just, I had to share it. And uh, want to thank everybody for listening. Please join us again. We will continue our series of unemployment uh, with another episode next month. If you want to reach out, you can find us on Twitter at Upward Momentum One, um, at Upward Momentum One on Twitter, or by email at info at upwardmomentum.ca. Thanks for joining us.